perfect so example. So should we burn Giada De Laurentiis? Or is she no, the good no. kind of code switching? Well, that's just a different... I mean, I wouldn't... I need I good and bad, Don. I need good and I, evil. I need black and white. Well, I don't Absolutes think there's good here. and bad. I don't think there's good and bad code switching. I, I mean, Rachel Dolezal, probably bad code switching. This is Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. These apes are not emotional support animals, and they fling verbal poo. Listen with caution. I didn't know the guy. I don't watch Empire. Whatever. I had other shit to do, right? See, it's interesting that you just, because what I saw was just the litany of online, look, this is how it happens, and this is racism in America, and just like this, the social yeah. activist, like outrage, more outrage. And and the thing about it is, if it really happened, yeah, that is an outrageous thing to happen, it and is. I understand it why, is. but I don't see those same people going, oops, wow. I, I feel stupid or, you know, because I, 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 ultimately what I don't know is what does this mean? You know, how does this well, play out? Yeah, here's the thing. So, so I, I was reading up on it and I saw something about a letter and I couldn't trace it back to what the letter was. But you just said that he received a shitty letter and nobody cared. So that allegedly apparently spawned his the inspiration to stage this attack. But... Yeah, what what did he expect was going to come of this? Like if what what if these guys got caught, which they did? Yeah. Then does, are his cuz one of the guys is his trainer. They've both been extras on the show, so he's yeah. pals with these guys to some degree. They were seen apparently they were seen by somebody in on the same elevator like two days before having a conversation. I mean, you know, so like I, I get it. Like you want your friends to help you out with like staging something like, you know, your the proposal to your wife or whatever. But if your buddies get busted, bre- beating you up, breaking the law, they're going well, go to go to fucking beat him jail. Up. The thing well, about it okay. is if, if they faked it, they didn't beat him up. That And that's the thing. I'm not willing to say that none of this happened because there's a very good possibility that these two Nigerian brothers are completely fabricating it, except for the fact that the cops can't find any surveillance footage anywhere that shows this attack. Well, didn't he go to the hospital with, like, didn't he have bruises and, like, it was... Well, he didn't didn't initially go to the hospital. He went to his apartment um, and wasn't going to call the police. And then they said, you know, his manager, somebody, you know, said, you need to go to the police so I don't think he actually went, from what I understand, he didn't actually go to the hospital. He just called the police, and when they arrived, he had the noose around his neck. So he didn't have any bruises or um, cuts? There's pictures, or... there's pictures of him looking a little bit, you know, the one picture I saw, you know, it looks like he had like an abrasion on his left eye or something like that. Um but the thing about it is why, you know, that's the that's thing is, you know, like the answer to the question is, why would you do something like this? Is had you ever heard of Jesse Smollett before this moment? No, I no, I haven't. I no haven't. one had. And I mean, I understand why watched, he did it. I don't understand yeah. what the hell he thought, how how he thought this was going to play out. Well, he thought it was going to play. Well, the same. See, I think, you know, they're like, oh, look at this. I think he's probably in the same uh, category as uh, Rachel Dolezal. 
Yeah. I think he's exactly the same. It's like, I'm going to fabricate this thing and enough people are going to believe it. And enough people believe it. Why? Because he's black, because he's gay, because he's out about, you know, he's out about being gay. He's very, very outspoken about that. He is on a, a celebrated black television show. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then he, and then he had to throw in manga country. You it's know, just, this, this is my, and, and it's, it's a noose around his neck. I mean, you know, it, so why yeah, wouldn't anybody I mean, believe him? It, yeah. The optics look bad, <laughs> but I just, I mean, maybe I'm more of a criminal mastermind than he is, but I, when I'm planning things out, I, I think about all the possible endings, even, especially when shit doesn't work out for me. So if this doesn't go through, how am I going to deal with this? What, what are going to be the repercussions if I, if I do this or don't do this? And it, it, it just blows my mind that he clearly didn't think about what happens if we get found out that this whole thing is staged. Like, cause he's yeah. done for if, if this is, if, if he did stage it, if he did pay these guys or is in cahoots with them in some way to, and this is all bullshit, even if they roughed him up a little bit, he's still, you know, culpable in his own, uh, false report and, and false beating. Uh, he's done. He's fucking done for his whole, the whole point that he was trying to make is ruined and people are going to be more suspect now when attacks actually, when attacks well, like this actually do happen. Like he's hurt, he's hurting his, I his cause. I, it's a very interesting thing because I don't, I don't actually think, uh, I actually don't think people will just suddenly uh, dismiss this any more than, um, I mean, Me Too came after the Rolling Stone article, the expose about the woman being raped on campus that they they printed, and then they discovered that she just had made the whole fucking thing up. And that was embarrassing, and they had to retract the story, and they had to do read. But it's not like all of a sudden, you know, Me Too didn't happen because right. one yeah. woman in a very public experience lied about a rape. There was, uh, there was in 87, uh, Tawana Brawley. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, she claimed that six white men had abducted her, raped her, and left her in the woods and shit all over her and scrawled racial shit across her torso. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, it compl- it was, it turned out she completely made this shit up. And it was a huge deal. That doesn't mean that, that all of a sudden nobody believes black women when they say they've been attacked. Well, no, that's, that's not entirely but what it, i mean i his career yeah. like who's gonna work with this moron again you no, know he's you know. he's fucked as far as i mean personally and professionally i can't imagine that he's anything but fucked if scott bayo has a career anybody can does scott bayo have a career all right this is a good point that you make um so <laughs> <laughs> i mean he did he had a great career and he had a great that. career yeah and you know and that's the thing is uh, What I'm curious about more than anything else is, you know, again, and and it's kind of uh, John uh, Kapal really, I I think, misrepresented me a little bit in his uh, piece. But that was kind of the point that that, you know, I'm this strident anti PC. I did and I don't like identity politics and I have problems with it. I really don't like the call out culture. I really don't. Right. And I really have problems with sort of this knee jerk outrage that comes out of the blue. It's sort of like this, you know, this thing we're doing now. Um, but it, what I'm curious about is 
the worst thing you can do in this culture, and it is the worst thing. It, well, actually, I'll back up. Probably the worst thing you can do is say something that's, that some group of people has decided is problematic. And I say that with as much dripping sarcasm as I can get right. out of my mouth. Right. Problematic. Yeah. But before all that, the worst thing you could do is admit that you were wrong about something. Yes. I mean, fucking admitting that you are wrong about something is just the worst. I mean, you know, I'll go back. Louis C.K. admitted that he was wrong, but because he hasn't appropriately apologized to every single person that might have been offended, you know, they're not going to accept any. I mean, he's going to come back anyway, but that's the, beside the point. I just, you, so I don't see the social activists online that were so enraged about this attack attacking it with the same attacking him for making it up going and saying wow i can't believe i was had yeah. i can't believe i was sucked into this and what does this say about me and my reaction to these kinds of stories it's it's similar to the uh, the smirking kid a couple weeks ago um, exactly you know where i fully admitted that i was wrong and i jumped to conclusions and i i was quote unquote had but if I just, I mean, I can't stop laughing at this, this Jussie Smollett thing. It's just, I mean, he said in the, the, I don't know if it was on Good Morning America or just quoted some or whatever that, you know, justice will be served. Like he, it's like OJ. Yeah. OJ saying that he's going to, he will not rest until he finds Nicole's killer. That, what a load of, like this dude is OJ. That's it. Jussie Smollett is OJ Simpson. You know, let's maybe, maybe come up with a white person that did the same, a similar I, thing. I that, did. That I said OJ Simpson. Uh, okay, thank you. Ask you OJ go. what color he is. Come on. Uh, all right, that's fair. No, but the thing about it is, is, <laughs> is what makes me, it does, it makes me sad <laughs> that it was an African-American homosexual man. It makes me oh, sad that, that. that. He's a no, human. Makes me sad. Humans are fucking no. dick bags. Well, yeah, but it makes me sad that, that it does. It gives, it gives red meat to any MAGA country kid yeah, or guy it does. or asshole or woman to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, the net, because the thing is, they weren't going to believe that attack anyway. But now they have an actual not. case. Now they can go, because most people in the MAGA well, that's, country that's what don't I was even saying, remember that, that now people won't, won't listen they don't to even it. remember yeah. her. Right, you know, they right. don't even remember Brawley. That was in 87. Yeah. So this gives them fresh meat that when somebody says, Wow, I was standing on a street corner and these three crackers came up and beat me up and tied me to my feet to their fucking pickup truck and dragged me for half a mile. Then all of these assholes go, yeah, just like Jesse Smollett. And it's like, that that sucks. I know. That sucks. It does suck. But that's on him. He did that. That's what I was saying before is that that's, no, that's this his is the fault. Thing. He didn't do that. He put the lie out. But so many people were so ready to believe him instantly without a thought. Without, the thing about it is when I read it, and I'm not saying that I'm because I'm almost never skeptical of someone's claim that that a you know a bunch of racists or Nazis came over and beat the shit out of him. It's like that. I mean, think about it's, it, it's their mo. That sounds. About I read right. it. Sure. I read it, and the thing that I went, really, I mean, sort of my skepticism is they put a noose around his neck. They like, but not like. To kill him, just, just like symbolically, like symbolically yeah. <laughs> and I and and I went, Jesus Christ! I don't, I don't know if I buy that because it was so fucking cold out, and I was just like, yeah. I don't know. I'm not gonna. The thing is, and I didn't say anything online about it because I just read it and I went, Ew. I don't, I don't know if I. Yeah, you know, that's like, the okay, thing. Is I read it and I went, ah, that 
Well, I mean, I thought, wow, that's really horrifying if it happened, that poor guy. But I don't know if I entirely buy all that. I mean, it was just sort of like fleeting in my brain. And then I read everybody going ape shit about it. And I, you know, and I understand why they're going ape shit. But I still reserved. It's like, you know, the cops are going to be on this. This is a a high profile thing. Yeah. And 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 it's in Streeterville. So they're going to look into it. Yeah. Yeah. This is totally. Well, this is money. That's the thing. This isn't a black kid. This isn't like a black homosexual man that lives, you know, on the south side at 75th and Cottage Grove. This is Streeterville, goddammit. Right. So the shock, and this guy had money, so they're going to totally look into yeah, it. Yeah, um, And so, I, you know, I guess I reserved judgment before I reacted, and so many people didn't. And so the thing is, I don't think Jesse Smollett, Jesse, Jesse? Jesse. 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 Smollett. Yeah. Um, I don't think he caused this. I think he set off the catalyst and we're so ready to believe in this country I mean a whole sect of 8% of the country are so ready to believe that white men will do any kind of horrifying thing that they just automatically bought it you know and it's like that's sad see they did it I think that I, I disagree. I think he did this. I mean yes there right. there is it doesn't matter what whether it was Jussie Smollett or Somebody else in a different kind of crime, the rage profiteers, the people, the, the, the conclusion hoppers, jumpers, whatever, you know, uh, they're going to react the way they react, which is usually wrong or over the top or, you know, too much, no matter what. So that's already existed. It's going to continue to exist. What Jesse Smollett did is he gave the, the MAGA country people all the more reason, actual ammunition to say don't believe a black gay when they say they were beat up because they yeah. you're right when they heard the report they're probably like oh this is bullshit who cares they're just snowflakes they're just trying to get attention da, 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 da. and then it happens and in and this like, case exactly. they were right yeah in this case and that's they were where he right fucked up because he gave them actual ammunition because he did not help the the, the cause of you know, ending racism and, and and acknowledging that black homosexuals and you know blacks and homosexuals are accosted and beat up in this country probably every day. Oh you yeah, know? I, yeah. Like this is this, this is, is not a, this a is rare a thing that does happen. This is not a rare occurrence, but this is a high profile occurrence. And I'm and I understand why you want to blame Jesse Smollett because he fucking you know, lied. He lied about yeah, something well, that has actually happened to people and does on a happen grander to people. scale. On a grander scale, our president lies. 50 times a day. Uh, that's and completely different. No, 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 it's not. Because the reason the reason he gets away with lying is because so many people agreed to just believe the lie. But you know what Jesse Smollett could have done? If he got this, if this letter actually came through that was homophobic and racist and people didn't react the way that he wanted them to. And he's like, you are not recognizing that racism and homophobia are real in this country. What he could have done is he could have sought out a black gay kid who's being accosted at school or was beat up, who was actually beat up in the street, and he could have been their their voice. He could have, you know, brought attention through this if the you know if the, the the person would have allowed it. He could have found a real person because they're out there. These people are actually out there, and he could have been an advocate for that person. But instead, because he's a selfish, self-centered fucking moron. He made it all about him, and it's going to bite him in the ass here, and he's going to fuck it up well, for everybody. Well, it should bite him in the ass. Yeah. And just like, what was the name of the woman that uh, drowned her kids in the fucking car and then said it was a black dude's? Katie Him. Oh, no. Um, no. 
Um, Susan, Susan yes, something. Yeah. And this is a long, long time ago. Yeah, it was but like 20-something years ago, yeah. Well, that thing is, yeah. is like when you think about it, is like there's, there is a history of white people blaming black people for crimes that they did not commit. And that is a horrifying and awful, egregious, terrible, shitty thing. Yeah. I mean, it's the story of Emmett Till in, 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 in a lot. He's like, I'm going to oh. blame this black person for doing something. That's what To Kill a Mockingbird is fucking about. Yeah. is blaming a black man for not for doing something that he or she did not do. Right. So I find it extraordinarily interesting to see a case where it is reversed, where... You know, and that's the thing is, if he had said, this is the thing that makes me crazy, is if he had said, and the white guys that did this were wearing Chicago Cubs jackets, and one of them had a mustache, and the other one uh, <laughs> was called, he kept calling him Ray, then eventually they're going to they're gonna round up two guys, and yeah. those guys are going to be tried, and those guys are going to, their lives are going to be ruined for something they didn't do. And this is bigger than just Jesse Smollett. This is much larger. It is about this whole mania of believe her believe the victim believe the victim and i understand that this is a reversal of what we've kind of done where we haven't believed victims in many cases but this blanket belief is damaging in all cases and it's the same kind of damage done when it's like i'm a white woman and i'm blaming a black man for doing something to me and then they go out and lynch him it's the same mentality of I'm just going to believe this white woman because she's white. Well, now I'm going to believe Jesse Smollett because he's black and gay. Why would he lie? Why would he lie? Well, he lied because he's a human being looking for attention. Yeah. See, and I think that's why he lied. You and I are talking about two different things. Like you're, you're annoyed by it because of the way that the, the people reacted because this is how, you know, the rage profiteer and and the automatic belief and the short sightedness of it all. And that bugs me, too. That yeah. absolutely bugs me. Um, but I'm pissed at Jesse Smollett because if he really believed and if he really, really wanted to make a difference in America and bring the violence and the hatred that blacks and homosexuals face every day, if he wanted to bring that to light and, and put a Hollywood spotlight on it, you know, with his star power... Uh, if he really wanted to do that, he could have done it in a way that was true, that was um, caring, and that was thought out. But instead, because he's well, a see, self-centered I, I fuckhead. I don't think you're mad at him because um, he lied. I think you're mad at him because he didn't lie well enough. Well, I think that's that's what I, and I'm not even really that mad at him. I just, I mean, as we're talking about, I'm getting. You're mad annoyed with him. I'm You're annoyed with him, with him because he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get away with it. He didn't. He well, I think that's you know? that's what's funny to me about. It. That's what makes me laugh. Like as this thing continues to unfold, it just gets funnier and funnier. Yeah. Like you, sending redacted phone. Like oh my god, what it's the so funny. fuck do you? Th- okay. How do you think this is going to play out? You fucking Momo. What 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 the fuck are you thinking? What this reminds me of was, okay, this is when I was a teacher, when I was an eighth grade music teacher. And uh, uh, Carrie Goldenberg, you know, and one of the things I always said is that the classroom always sort of behaves the way the homeroom teacher does. You know, that's kind of, yeah. that's, they just kind of reflect that. Well, his cl- he was very loose with his class, so his class was a bunch of assholes. They were just like the most <laughs> unruly. I mean, they were, and I, I liked them. But one day, 
Um, he was out because it was a Jewish holiday, and I'm doing my rounds. It was like the first hour of the day, I would do my rounds and just kind of walk around, say hi to the kids, that kind of thing. And uh, I walk in, and his classroom is going fucking ape shit. And there's this small, <laughs> there's this small Urdu woman who's the substitute teacher who doesn't speak a lot of English, crying in the corner, and she's the sub. Oh, and they have, and this is before. This is like. It's like school starts at seven. This is like seven thirty-five, and they have already reduced this woman to fucking tears, right? <laughs> so I just, I just went, you motherfuckers. That is the worst thing I've ever seen. So I got in there, I called, and I said, "All right, you guys." I, I called the office. They said, "This woman is going to take my music classes. I've got substitute teach plans sitting on my desk. I'm, I'm taking Mr. Goldenberg's class for the day." And what I did was. I didn't let him do anything. There was no reading. There was no sleeping. There was no talking. They were, because that's the worst thing you can do to eighth graders. Yeah. Is bore them. Let them do nothing. Yeah. They had to eat lunch in their classroom. They did nothing, right? So toward the end of the day, I let a couple of them use computers and, you know, this kind of thing. They'd go back and forth. The next day, I come to school and my principal, Sharon Hayes, calls me and she goes, oh, we've got a big problem. Yeah. And I said, what's the big problem? She goes... Read this. And it's a letter that these kids have written collectively, sort of like their own version of an exquisite corpse, but from completely retarded <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah. And it, and it basically accuses me of uh, pulling out my penis, uh, threatening with a broomstick to stick it up several students' asses. Oh, several. Well know? done. Okay. And it, and it just, well, the thing is, and it just got bigger and bigger and more ridiculous. And she's very serious. She's very upset. She's like, oh, this is terrible. She knows it didn't happen, but she's like, oh, my God. And I looked at it. And I just started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, this is not funny. I said, yeah, it is. And I grab it. And she goes, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go talk to the class. She goes, no, you cannot. I said, ah, fuck off. And I go. And carries it. <laughs> and carries in there. And I walk in and I said, can I talk to your class for a minute? I said, read this real quick. And he reads it and he gets mad, but he doesn't say anything because yeah. he can see I've got something going on. And I said, all right, guys, I don't know who wrote this, but here's the thing. Let's everybody get out a sheet of paper. We're going to talk about how you can and cannot frame a teacher. And, and I'm going to show you how this is a learning moment. This is a teaching moment, teachable moment. We're going to go through this and I'm going to show you where you went wrong and how you could have nailed me, how you could have absolutely had me destroyed as a teacher, but you went too far. So let's talk about that. And we, I got up on the chalkboard and I started writing, like I redacted it. I mean, I didn't write the full words because yeah. we're in school, but I'm writing things. And I, you know, like the first line is he showed his pee. Yes, you know, that kind of thing. And I said, okay, if you had stopped there, if you had written nothing else after that, <laughs> people would have taken it seriously. Yeah. But now you've got the broomstick, and then you've got me having sex with a, 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 a soccer ball, and then you've got me masturbating into a cup, and it just gets, <laughs> you know, I said, and at a certain point, guys, guys, you've gone so far that you completely fucked your, if the point was to get me, you failed. Because yeah. no one in their right mind is taking this shit seriously. And then I left. And apparently, Kerry Goldenberg, he was furious at them. And they got punished. I think that class got punished for that for like three weeks. You know, God. they had like, because, oh, he was so mad that they even tried to do that. Yeah. But th I guess that's the thing is it reminds me. It's like, you know, I want to go to Jesse Smollett. And I said, okay, Jesse, sit down. Let's get the chalkboard out. And let me show you. Where you went wrong. The anatomy why, of a lie. 
Yeah, exactly. Let's just fix it because you really screwed the pooch because you went too far. You know, if you hadn't said the MAGA thing, that's the thing. If you look at the lie, if there had been no noose, no bleach, and no, this is MAGA country, then everything he was trying to accomplish, which was paint himself as a victim, and in this economy of victim status, uh, elevate himself in the victim status thing, get his notoriety, if he had left those things out, it would have been more believable. You know, if he'd have gone to the hospital right away, you know, all this kind of stuff. If he'd have just turned his phone over, all this kind of stuff, yep. none of this, he would be a victim and would have elevated himself in the victim economy. But because he went too far, because he had to be so outrageous, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't immediately believed by a lot of people. It was immediately believed by the most rabid rage profiteers. And the cops went, hmm, let's see if we can verify this. Right. And, and to the it, police credit, I, I rarely, rarely give the Chicago police credit for anything other than being fuckheads and, you know, murderers and hateful bastards with bad mustaches. You know, that's not fair because most of them are not that. There are some that are. Right. But most of them will protect the bad apples. So that is also true. They, 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 there's that thin blue line that is such bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Was it Christmas that you bought your wife the zit game? No, that was her birthday. That was her birthday. Yes. And, and we did a whole podcast where it was like you really screwed the pooch and bought her the dumbest, like, oh my God, I can't believe you got that phrase. But. <laughs> Not too long ago, you said that you had redeemed yourself on Valentine's Day this yeah. month. Yeah, that I, you nailed it. Yeah, so I know we've we've talked about this on several podcasts. I'm pretty sure I've written about it too. Yeah, that yeah. I've I'm a notoriously bad gift giver, especially when it comes to Katie. Over the last seven years, however long we've been together, um, I, whatever the reason is, I don't know that I think to, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I've, I've just never really hit the mark. And, but Valentine's day, I don't know, man, she was happy. She loved it. I got her. What'd you get her? Yeah. Yeah. yeah what, so what I was, got her, what was the um, big, uh, the big reveal here. I got her this like body oil from this store that we, we like in, in Wicker Park called Una Mays. And it's just, it's like, I couldn't smell it. So I was like hoping that it, it, she would like it, but it's, it had all the ingredients of like earthy shit that she likes. I'm like, all right, this will be good. And it's something we can do to get like, I can rub it on her body and you know, Wonka Wonka. Right. Um, and then I got her, uh, like a couple, you know, a bag of candy, like the big box candy of hot tamales and M&Ms and shit like that from Walgreens. Um, but then I got her these, uh, and flowers. Uh, but then these little earrings, these, uh, green sapphire, Little earrings, really minimal, because she likes. She's not a big jewelry person. She likes minimal stuff. Okay. Um, and you know, so they were really pretty. They were the colors that she likes, um, and they were the style she likes. Plus, they were small enough that Harry won't pull at them because, like, she's not wearing the earrings that she might normally wear because they're big enough for him to yank at and rip her fucking earlobe off. Yeah. So it was like a well thought out, functional gift. Um, and yeah, she was so, like, this is great. Like, she, So what have you learned from this experience? You, nothing. You changed? I know. I don't know no. what I did. I right. don't know what I did differently. All I right. really then don't. Will, allow me to tell you what you did differently. Okay. It is most often, I think, believe in gifts, and it is the thought that counts. It's not the gift that counts. It's the thought that counts. Now, here's the thing. No, because you, the zit game was you, a thought. No, because when, she no. loves popping zits. No, no, no. This is the thing. 
That was a joke that you thought was funny. It was that was a game. That gift that gift was for you. No, it was not. No, it was not for her. When you get her flowers and body oil, and you take the time to find uh, jewelry that is small enough that she can wear it, but not have her baby pull off. That is you thinking about what she wants rather than what you think is interesting or funny. And that's what okay. you should learn from it okay. is that when that's you fair. buy your yeah. wife gifts, it's not about what you, and I had to learn this from, from Dana is it's not about what you think is cool or what you think is interesting. It's about what you believe on some intimate level. She will find both useful or interesting or lovely or, and, and that's what's hard about getting gifts for a loved one. Cause sometimes you don't know what they're going to like. Right. But I know from my experience, you're supposed to mind read and know what they're going to like. Yeah. So you tried a little mind reading. You 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 made an extra effort to find something that you thought she would really like because you didn't really think she was going to like that fucking zit game. Honest, you thought dude, it was funny. You thought it was funny. Honest to God, here's how the zit game came about. Her birthday was coming up and I think I got her some other shit for her birthday. No, you didn't. That's what you got her. Is that really? Is that? Yeah, that's why. That's why it was such an egregious thing. Was that her birthday ah, present? Well, yeah, that's was shitty. a fucking zit popping <laughs> game for her fucking birthday. The mother of your child. That's that was egregious, man. But let me just tell you the thought process and why I got this game. Even even if I had like, if you, even if it was a Christmas gift and like one of like many other little gifts, and it was just kind of like a ha ha thing. Here's my here was my thinking on it. Well, if it's one one of many gifts, then it is. Then that's perfectly appropriate. But yeah. But it but, was the one gift. But this is but still my thinking. I don't think my thinking was entirely wrong on this because I saw the game and I thought, what the fuck? That looks in, that looks funny. It's a zit popping game. Katie loves popping zits. She's always like looking on my back for like new blackheads to pop and she just loves it, loves it, loves it, loves it. Watches the videos, the YouTube videos of black, you know, like massive blackheads getting this is like a thing, right? Okay. That microscope that I got her several years ago, the only time she's used it is to look at zit pus and, and my sperm once, but that's she something. She looked at your it. sperm once and zit pus? Yeah. There's something wrong with your wife. You understand that? She's curious. Okay. You know. Or grotesque. So my thought with this game was, well, this will be a fun, silly game we can play with our stupid friends. We can get, you know drunk if we're having a night at home we can just drink and play cards and play this stupid game and it's popping zits which she loves doing how would this not be enjoyable even if it was a shitty singular like main event birthday gift i get that but it's her birthday man but it wasn't like she was turning 40 she was it doesn't matter it was her birthday or whatever 32 i don't know how old she is yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, look, I fucked up. I admit it. I, I did not do right, but and that happens sometimes. I mean, yeah. like Dana, this, this, this last birthday of mine, we were so busy and so preoccupied with moving. She totally blew my birthday off. I mean, yeah. she worked during my birthday. I didn't, you know, it was like, you know, didn't even give me a present. It was like, okay, I mean, which is fine. I, I, I was upset. I was a little bummed out, yeah. but I was fine with it. It was like, what a big deal. But her birthday was this past week, and. Man, we walked the strip. We went to all the casinos and got her free stuff, and she got cards. Oh and yeah, she went and got Billy Idol her, tickets. The loyalty and, programs that she's involved in now. Oh, it, she's she's totally jammed into like that a trapper and keeper full of those loyalty but the, cards. The funniest thing was that she had said she wanted uh, rollerblades, and one of the things I wanted to do, and I told Kelly uh, that it was unlikely we were going to get the rollerblades because I wanted to get them for her. Yeah. 
I wanted to get her rollerblades. And so just because I wanted to get her rollerblades, instead of me getting them because I wanted her to be able to pick them out, we didn't go get her rollerblades. And it's like, okay, I know eventually I'll get her rollerblades. But it, it was just very funny because birthdays are weird that way. What Dana wants from me is to just follow her lead and just follow her around and make sure she get you know, that's it. And I, that's what I do. Yeah. I learned that, you know, I can't, if, if, Oh God. I mean, although we are going, uh, uh, we're going to go as like a, a, a multiple birthday thing. We're going to go to the high roller on the strip, the, the world's largest Ferris wheel with uh, a cocktail bar in it and all that kind of shit. So yeah. we're going to do that. That's kind of a nice, Vegas kind of uh, is that just you thing. two, or are you bringing Matthew as well? Because Matthew's it's, got a well, birthday. Matthew's, coming up. Matthew's birthday was yesterday, so it was gonna, yesterday, the twenty third. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so we're just like kind of, kind of, you know, have dinner and then get on the high roller. And, and the thing about it is, it's only thirty minutes. It's fifty bucks a piece Yikes. to do thirty minutes when you well, it's twenty two if you're just gonna ride. But fuck that, I want a drink. Yeah. You know, and so it's 50 you could, bucks. You could bring a flask. You know, you could, but it's just more fun to be served Yeah, you got to have the experience, yeah. On a fucking Ferris wheel overlooking the Vegas neon. Yeah. And so that's, you know, but that, you know, that, that thing is birthdays are weird that way. You got you to gotta take a little more time, a little more energy. So I hope you learned that for her birthday, take time. When you get her something for two, from, for two bishvat, you know, when you get her something like that, then it can be a fucking zit game or a tree game or whatever it is. Yeah. But for her birthday, put a little energy, a little more effort, a little more energy. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like what, what are the, like the tiers of gift giving, right? Like is Valentine's day a bigger one than a birthday? Is Christmas the nope. ultimate should like birthday is the ultimate. Okay. In my opinion. I'm, I mean, I'm just okay. speaking my opinion. I mean, yeah, because it's, it's the only day that is hers it's, and hers alone. That's right. Christmas is for everybody. Yeah. Valentine's Day is for anybody that's got a, a, a significant other and everybody else can fuck themselves. Yeah. You know, two bishvat is only for the Jews who plant trees. And the Lorax. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know. Uh, You're really hung so up on the, this two bishvat thing. I love it. I just think it's funny. Uh, it always <laughs> makes me laugh. Um that there is an Arbor Day for Jews. I just think that's the funniest thing I ever heard in my life. I the love Jews it. Jews have with their my own heart. holidays for everything. They're like, we can't yeah, be a I part know, of just, anything. Like, they wonder why everyone hates them. Yeah. Well, I'm not victim blaming. I'm just. The thing is, I don't hate the Jews. I think it's adorable they have an Arbor Day that's just for them. I, yeah, it's like, that's and cool. a New They're Year and a Halloween and knock, a Christmas. Your, that's fine. Knock yeah. yourself out. I think it's lovely. Celebrate yeah. how you want. But birthdays, you're the only one that gets that birthday. So. Yeah. Yes, I think that's the most important day to like really put some energy into and really be thoughtful and really be nice. And I know. actually thought about holding on to those earrings for her birthday, but I ah, figured ah, maybe I should. You can buy get her something. Yeah, you can get her something else. Puts a little more in your. When is her birthday? October tenth. Okay, so you've got plenty of time to start listening to her, watching her in stores, see what she likes, see what she reacts to, yeah. check out her Amazon wish list, this kind of shit, so that you can really get a nail this October 10th birthday and you win. You and I text more now that I'm in Vegas than we ever texted before. And you, Jesus Christ, you and Wilson, with me on a thread, just oh, yeah. have these... 
marathon texting sessions and my phone's phone's fucking blowing up and I have nothing to do with this conversation other than I'm privy to it. And once in a while I'll throw something in. But for the most part, it's just like you guys are having this whole conversation is my fucking phone's blowing up. It's like, God damn it, guys. I suggest you put that thing on do not disturb. And then when you, you'll go, you open the phone and you'll yeah. see all these fun notifications, but put that on do not disturb because this isn't going away. I know it's not going to make me nuts, but uh, one of the things you the other day, you gave me a thumbs up emoji, except it was a black hand. It was a black uh, thumbs up emoji. Yeah. And I went, I went, you are a racist. And you said, no, I'm code switching. <laughs> I think that's what it means. Is that what it is? No, that is not at all. In any way, that is not code switching. So do you now know what code switching is? Well, let me just say that what I was trying to do is I feel in my phone that the black thumbs up is not represented enough in my phone. Well, that's because you don't have enough black friends. That I text with. That is, that okay, is probably fair. true. So I just wanted to represent... And I don't. I don't keep. I don't only use the black thumbs up. I use the no, whole. I understand. The whole rainbow I, of colors. Well, there, I understand so. that, but that is not code switching. No, no, it's not. And I, I looked up what code switching is. Tell me what code switching is. It is adopting. Because I know what it is. <laughs> it's adopting the the language or speech patterns of another, um, uh, culture that you don't belong to organically nah. as a way to fit in with them. Okay, so technically it is uh, it's when a speaker alternates between two or more languages. Okay. That's code switching is and 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 more modernly it means when uh I mean if you want to take the, the most modern thing is it's when someone who is uh black suddenly it's sorry what is sorry to bother you when they speak white. You know, right. in order to fit in a certain demographic or a certain business, they, they speak white. But then when they're with just their black friends, they have a different sort of language sure. they speak. That's what code switching is. Well, so does Jada De Laurentiis, the, the Food Network celebrity chef, when she's, you know, on her show, she'll drop an Italian word in and then give some English and she goes back and forth. Is, is that code switching? That's two different languages. I think that's, I think that's, that is more a traditional linguistic code switching, but the, the modern term code switching is more a racial, a cultural thing. Yeah. It's not specific to language. It's more about cultural uh, flipping back and forth. I'll give you a perfect example. So should example. we burn Jada De Laurentiis or is she no, the good no. kind of code switching? Well, that's just a different, I mean, I wouldn't, I need I good and bad, Don. I need good and I, evil. I need black and white. Well, I don't Absolutes think there's good here. and bad. I don't think there's good and bad code switching. I, I mean, Rachel Dolezal, probably bad code switching. I never heard her speak. I don't know if she actually code switched. She she went yeah, in white. She, she went in black. Oh, no, she totally of, she but, totally code switched. But I'll give okay. you an example of an example that I, and I don't know if a lot of people would find acceptable, but do you know Kevin Koval? I know that name. He's uh, he's uh, the artistic director of uh, Young Chicago Authors. He oh, yeah, yeah. hosts okay. yep. Louder Than a Bomb in Chicago. Yeah. He's a friend of mine. And Kevin is, um, if you know him, a Jewish kid from Schaumburg who really fell in love with hip-hop. I don't blame him. Okay. So as an adult working with, because Louder Than a Bomb and, and Young Chicago Authors is really focused on... Communities that do not really truck in poetry, mm -hmm. you know, and that's usually in Chicago tend to be black and Latino. And so what happens is when he's teaching them, he talks like, yo, dog, yeah, it is fresh. And, you know, he's got 
the language. Yeah. He's speaking the language of the kids. <laughs> but having worked with him at WBEZ, in meetings at WBEZ, when it's all just white people, he sounds like a Jewish guy from Schaumburg. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just sounds like a white guy. And it's very funny to watch him do it. Vegas has changed from your time. Yeah, but some things never change. And I you mean, know, David, you know, David, and this is the thing. You were here as a college student, but I'm the one that has won the fucking lottery. You know why? Why? Oh. <laughs> yes, you read. Yes. I, is I discovered that in Vegas, 50 plus is considered senior. Yes. Which means, and, and I didn't think that was cool. I mean, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm considered senior. Um it wasn't cool until we the live perks. right. We, we live right across the street from Samstown Casino, and they have like a an eighteen screen movie theater. And I noticed that if I get the player's card from Samstown, and I'm a senior, fifty plus, <laughs> I can see movies on Wednesday all day long, all night long for four fucking dollars. And I went, I'm riding this goddamn train. Yeah. So I'm I'm to the point where anywhere I go. I go, I'm a senior. I'm 50 plus. Do I get some kind of discount? I fucking love that shit. We went to a liquor store. We went to a liquor store today. And I walked in. I said, I'm a Vegas senior. Do I get a discount? I said, no. I said, okay. But I'm going to ask every fucking time. You know what? That is like the exact opposite of when when I first moved out there. I was 18. Yeah. And I couldn't go. I couldn't even. I I tried to compete in some radio contest. I don't remember what the fuck it was. Like, are you 21? I was like, no. Like, you can't do it. I go, what? Why? It wasn't like an alcohol-related thing. It wasn't a trip to a casino or anything. Um, yeah, you could do nothing in that town as, like, an, you know, a kid. Yeah. So yeah, you've got you've got the run of the company, and I. Oh, I, yeah. I came I came to Vegas at exactly the right time because in Chicago, you're not a senior till you're 65, so you yeah. get none of the discounts. I mean, you can be an ARP member, which I'm not going to be an ARP member because this is better than ARP. I get movies for four bucks. Well, and you know why they do that is because they figure that at 50, you're at the age where you've got some disposable income. So exactly. they want to get you I in don't. there blowing your money. Yeah. The thing yeah, is, I, mean, the joke's I don't on them. have disposal. I, yeah, the joke's on. Give me the $4 movies. Give me the three ninety nine dollars uh, breakfast special. Yep. You know, give me the Bluebird special. I'll eat dinner at 4 o'clock in the afternoon if it's fucking five bucks. <laughs> I don't give a shit. That's you know? a I mean, this is, Yeah. This is, this is, I, I fucking love it. It's the best of all worlds. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing uh, is a listen. It is listen to the country artist Casey Musgraves. Uh, she won at the Grammys last week, as problematic as the Grammys were, whatever. Uh, she was the first. She, so she won album of the year for her latest album, uh, The Golden Hour. This is uh-huh. the first yeah, time yeah. that a country album has won album of the year overall. Yeah. I think like, this is like the first time ever. Or? I think the first time ever. She's won wow. country album of the year. She's won Grammys for country yeah, album yeah. the year before. She's amazing. I mean, this not just this this latest album, but her previous two, they're great. Like she yeah, is, is it country, good country or is it like country rock? The the earlier two records are um, more stripped down, like country folk. Yeah. Uh, this latest one, the Golden Hour, is I, I, man. I, I want to call it country pop, but it's okay. not. It's not country pop like Taylor Swift. You know? No, no, no. It's it's just it's really great. Like it's it. I think it's deserving of Elma of the Year. I mean, she's. I remember when I saw her on SNL last year, or whatever. I was like, this woman is 
awesome. Like what? Right. A ta- so yeah, give that a go because it's it's great. All right, my number one is a read. Um, it is an article in the Atlantic. It is by John McWhorter. It is called What the Jesse Smollett Story <laughs> Reveals. And I will quote him. This is a quote from the from the actual article. Quote, racial politics today have become a kind of religion in which whites grapple with the original sin of privilege, converts tar questioners of the orthodoxy as problematic blasphemers, and everyone looks forward to a judgment day when America comes to terms with race. It's a very good article. It really kind of walks you through some of those attitudes and some of that stuff. All right. Um, so my second thing, it's a, it's a Chicago-specific thing. Uh, but it's a do, and that's to vote uh, for your alderman, for the mayor. I don't. I still am not sure who I'm going to vote for, but this is a really, really important election. Uh, it has nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with issues that are really going to affect Chicagoans. So yeah, vote, and, and I can vote say for the best crooked dick bag that you can. Yeah, please. And I can say for the first time in 30 years, you lucky bastard. I'm just, a, I'm just a spectator. I oh, just get a watch. So envious of you. You know, I mean, and I'm interested because it's still Chicago and I still love Chicago, but I'm not that fucking interested. I got other shit to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. My number two is uh, I want you to. And then this is really for you. I want you to listen to NPR's podcast Code Switch. (laughs) Um, It's actually a really good. And the thing about it is they were doing. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of like Code Switch cool podcasts that have come out recently, but this one has been around for a while. And so they've really covered a lot of really excellent ground, really talking about the kind of code switching that we're talking about and really getting into the depths of this kind of racial and cultural exchange. It's a really good podcast. Okay. NPR's Code Switch. Great. All right. I'll, I'll give it a go when we're driving up to... Uh well, at the time of this recording, we'll be leaving for Michigan tomorrow for a couple of days. Um, there you go. But yeah, so we'll give it a go then. All right. So my third thing, final thing this week is it's on Hulu. It's a watch. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. So it's either Penis is the name of the show or Pen15. The title is spelled P-E-N-1-5. Yeah. Uh, this is a show that it, it was created by two women who were in their 30s um, about their time in seventh grade in the year 2000. So it's a great, you know, early adolescent, you know, uh, Bill Doug's Roman, you know, coming of age tale, which is, mm-hmm. is always great. It's really, really funny. It's well-written. Um, and, but he, here's the best part is that the, the creators are also the stars. So they're in their third, they're like 31, 32, something like that. They're early thirties playing 13 year old versions of themselves. So like, fake braces, you know, the haircuts, the whole thing. Except that everybody else in the cast are actual 13-year-olds. Okay, because you almost lost me. You almost lost me because watching adults play kids is really annoying to me. But that sounds interesting. Right, yeah. But it works. And the best part is, like, there's a boy that one of them has a crush on. So every time that he's on camera, she sees him, you know, it goes slow motion. And the camera, you know, pulls away. And the wind is in his hair and the lighting, you know. (laughs) And it's really fucking funny because then they'll cut to a 30-something-year-old woman playing a 13-year-old, like, drooling over an actual 13-year-old boy. It's so irreverent and funny. It's a great, great show. So if you've got a Hulu... 
Uh, pen I fifteen or Hulu, penis, but give I will it a watch go. it at some point. Yeah. yeah, and mine is a watch. My third one is a watch. Um, it's on Netflix. Um, it's from a dark horse comic. It's called Umbrella Academy. Okay, yeah, I've been meaning that's on my list. I've watched. I haven't watched the whole thing, but I've watched like the first four episodes. And I got to tell you, if you don't know the story behind it, it's sort of like a really dark, fucked up X Men. Mm. Because basically it's about, and they set this up in the very first episode, so it's not giving too much away, is that like in 1989, on the same date at the same time, 42 women across the world have babies at exactly the same time. And the only thing that connects them is that they weren't pregnant that day. They weren't pregnant that day? They were not pregnant, and they suddenly, like, spontaneously, and they show one woman, like, in a flashback, but they were not pregnant, and then all of a sudden, they all have babies at exactly the same time in 1989. Hmm. And this very rich, insane, eccentric dude goes around and basically tries to adopt as many of them as he can by trying to buy them. He basically tries to buy babies. Huh. He, he, he manages to buy seven of them. And they all have these bizarre, extraordinary powers. I mean, they're all fucked up. One's super strong. One kid can manipulate knives when he throws them. One girl, she can she can whisper, uh, a, a, I have a rumor, and then she'll whisper something to you, and you'll do it, you know? Huh. One kid can, can spatially, like sort of nightcrawler, spatially move from, teleport from one place to another. Yeah. Um, and he also can teleport in time, but that becomes later on in a big plot point. Um, it's phenomenally good. Ellen Cage is in it, but she's the only person you probably, you, know, you probably recognize a few people, but yeah. you know, and she plays number seven. None of them have names. I mean, they do, they gave themselves names, but he never, the old man never gave him names. It's number one, two, three, four, five. Number five is the only one that just said, fuck it. I'm just number five. Yeah. But Ellen Cage huh. plays number seven and she's the only one with no powers. It has been told her whole life how she's just not special. And so she's all fucked up. They're all fucked up. It's such a great, I th- and it's, it's wonderful. I yeah. really like it. I'm really enjoying it. So Dark Horse does really good with the, uh, with the, the misfit yeah. characters. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm Because I'm Dark Horse thoroughly... was, was uh, Watchmen, right? Uh, no, that was DC. Oh, that's right. It was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was DC. That oh, was that it, was that was DC saying, "Okay, Alan Moore, fuck with us," yeah. and that's what he did. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, do your do your weird shit, Gibson and and Moore, and they yeah. did. They they really fucked with him, and they basically did a send up of everything that superheroes stood for, and yeah. that's why Watchmen is brilliant and yeah. wonderful. Yep. Um, maybe not the movie, although I really do like the movie. The movies, I, I really yeah, like. Yeah, I like the movie. I really like the movie. I mean, granted, you couldn't possibly make that book that graphic novel into a coherent movie because it's not a coherent graphic novel. However, going by just the panels, just the story that you see in the panels did a pretty good job. Yeah. You know? And uh, so, yeah, there you go. There you go. So those are my three things. Those are your three things. We have six Mm -hmm. things for people to do because their lives are so fucking empty and meaningless. You're welcome, listener. Yes. Thank you for listening. That's the trade-off. You listen, we give you things to do. There you go. There you go. Thank you much. Talk to you later. This has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, 
and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Locomotive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. 